0: Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The (sighs) Boar's Nest. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785 Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, seven eight five eight three three. Hey, welcome to episode 214 of the BobbyCast. It is me and Eddie. How was Thanksgiving? It was great. Yeah. It was good. A little full still. Yeah, me too. Like gross full. I'm
1: like gross, gross full for sure. And my parents came in town. They brought more food and more sweets. It's almost like they brought Christmas sweets when it's just Thanksgiving. So, yeah, I don't feel good.
0: Yeah. I had texted my stylist for American Idol because she puts me in clothes. And I'm going to leave. As soon as we finish this, I fly to Los Angeles for the last week of taping of this year. And I I messed her. I said, hey, I kind (laughs) of hit it a little too hard with the food. So... I'm not really wanting to put anything tight on. Yeah. And she hit me back, and she was like, better get to fasting.
1: <laughs> See? It works. But in reality, in reality, you probably didn't gain a lot of weight. You just feel gross. I feel gross, gross yeah, yeah, so. yeah,
0: I don't know. I had one meal today for lunch. I probably won't eat again.
1: Are you still eating, like, turkey and stuff? Or did you get No, any? I
0: went to, um,
1: had lunch. Oh. Yeah, at a restaurant. Okay.
0: Yeah, Because
1: I still have a lot of turkey left over. You want some? Right at the
0: house? Yeah, lots. Yeah. Tons. Well, glad everybody's here. Uh, something I do want to say that since our last Bobbycast, I've been listening to the Coldplay record a lot.
1: Yeah, like, it's good, huh? really good. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Me too. I listened to it the day after we talked
0: about it, and it's definitely different, but I, I love it. Yeah, me too. And I like slow Coldplay. Some people like fast Coldplay, like Coldplay that does the anthems. Mm-hmm. I like slow, sad Coldplay. That's my favorite version yeah. of Coldplay. And so I, I've been listening to it a lot. Mike D, have you listened to the Coldplay record? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> And I think we all have kind of different Coldplay tastes as well, but still, I, it's it's really great. I've been flying with it a lot. Also, just speaking of music, because that's mostly what this podcast is, I was on my Instagram story yesterday, and I was about to shoot something, they have a Luke Combs Instagram filter. Did you guys see that? No. I haven't seen that, no. That's how you know you freaking made it. When Luke Combs, when you have your own filter on Instagram. Now, I don't know if that's for just the entire Country or the world that has Instagram? Yeah, got to be country, right?
1: Or they customize it for like you since you're such a big fan?
0: Because
1: hmm. I haven't seen that.
0: Mike D, pull it up now. See if you see it. I'm looking. I see Billy Eilish.
1: Oh, so maybe they customized too. What you're I don't listening see to? A Luke
0: Combs one though. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna pull mine back up because last night. I'll and, check too. and again, they could have pulled it down since last night, but they had a Luke Combs Instagram filter, and I was like, "That's crazy. Good for him." Um, my, it's still up. Luke, I have it right here, Luke Combs Instagram filter.
1: So is that like on your Insta stories? Mm-hmm.
0: It's like one of the filters on your Instagram story.
1: So what does it give you, like a camo hat? It
0: gives me a camo hat and a beard. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. You guys don't have Luke Combs, huh? Uh-huh. No. So maybe it is built to what we're listening to or the pictures that we like. Because I also have a Will Smith one. I only have a Luke Combs. That's wild. <laughs> Not that them pinpointing us based on our preferences, Wild, but that I don't have a Will Smith one. Because I like Fresh Prince. Do you follow Will Smith? No. I do follow Luke Combs, though. And oh, I follow that could be Will it. Smith and Billie Eilish, so maybe it's like based on who you follow. Mm, interesting. Do you follow Luke Combs? No. Eddie, do you have a Luke Combs filter? No, I don't
1: follow any of those guys. I don't have a special filter at all.
0: Hmm. Eddie has a Dak Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Um, okay, well... A bit, like 28% that takes it down the cool factor, but still it's pretty cool to have Instagram make a filter of you. Still cool. Mm. So those are my music notes from the last BobbyCast. I did see this story about the most important music moments of the decade, and I kind of wanted to roll through them and just kind of give our thoughts to it as well. So Rolling Stone put out a list of the 50 most important music moments of the past decade, and it's a list of happenings, Changes in the industry, viral sensations. When I say viral sensation, Eddie, what do you think of?
1: Um, uh,
0: that no, what's his name? Um, Gangnam Style. Oh, a great, great one. Yeah. Sigh. Didn't think about that. I would have thought immediately. Old Town Road. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one too. Because yeah. Because that's a TikTok viral song. hmm And I, and when that song came out too, and I'll get to the list in a second. I didn't quite understand what that meant for a TikTok song to go viral. But then once you get on TikTok, you do get it because people use the same song over and over again. And you're hearing 15 seconds of the song over and over again, and then you go and stream it, and then so many people do it that it starts to get a bunch of streams and it starts to make playlists. And oh. Next thing you know, bam! Mm. So, that, but I didn't know what that meant because Old Town Road is a TikTok song. Okay, blew up from there. But yeah, Mikey, D, what's a viral for you? What do you think? Uh, I mean, now I think of TikTok. It's weird hearing songs on there and then hearing them on the radio, like and, you're like, Roxanne, and you recognize Roxanne. it, and you're like, oh wait, that's from TikTok. That that yeah, <laughs> that I mean. On um, pop stations all the time. Now I hear Roxanne, ro- you don't know got to do it to me all night. God damn. God damn. Yeah.
1: And so that's a song that they used on TikTok.
0: Oh, for the, I used it as a dance with Sharna a month ago. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, because like I listened to the, the Y2K one that we used for the, um, I don't know, whatever st- stance we were doing, that yoga thing we the were doing, thing. Yeah, and that da, da, da,
0: da, 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 da,
1: da. I'd that
0: that 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 I've never heard that before. That, I forgot the melody. How's it go? <laughs> da, da, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so
1: now I now I'm listening to that song every day.
0: Um, okay, number twenty, July twenty nineteen to present. This is a brand new one. Taylor Swift's public fight with Scooter Braun and her old label boss over her master Ooh, recordings. That's a big one. It is a big one, and one that I've not really jumped into because I don't have a dog in this fight or race, whichever term you'd like for me to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the dog. Um, well, it's either some people don't like dog in this fight because you're they, they think you're condoning dog fighting. We're you're not, not. It's a saying. <laughs> people say it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See? Um, there's justification to both of their points. I agree. And there needs to be there has to be some middle ground met, except there doesn't have to be. They, they can just hold on. Taylor can go make her records on the, uh, secondly, redo the records, which never turns out the way they want them to. And then secondly, they can just hold on and everybody wins by their contract. Taylor did sign a deal. The deal that she signed did allow her to become a, a, a hundred millionaire. The deal that she signed, they put her in the position. She did. But then she did write all the songs, and uh, she did sign the deal at 15. Mm-hmm. And by her, doing that, she lost her. Not lost, gave her rights. Correct. And her dad was in on the deal. When it's, her dad's on the board right now of the record companies. There's just a lot. Yep. With anything polar in, in life, the answer is always somewhere in the middle-ish. And with this, there are some concessions that will have to be made by both sides. But it's not the Taylor side that's like, gee, give her. No, because the label built her the lifestyle and and teamed her up with the people and the producers and paid for her. But she also was 15 and did all. It's just somewhere in the middle. And so if you don't pick a side, it's almost like why even jump in? Yeah, but I do love
1: that Taylor made the fight public, and now we're all out. Like, yeah. I
0: hate that she did that. Really? Because she all she did was send her—she's just bullying on social media. Right, but we would have never known the fight. But I don't care. It's not a fight for us to know. <laughs> that's true. And she's sending all of her fans over to, to beat on people. Yeah. Like, that's just bullying. Yeah. But then again, again, I'm just on—I'm not on both sides. It's just—there's a sense—it's like in politics. There's just a sensible place to go that doesn't mean you're far right or far left. Yeah. That's a good point. There's just a sensible place, but that's not the in thing to be noticed for is being sensible. So I'm going to sit over here and be sensible. Okay. But that is the number, number 20. Mike, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I did see that Scooter had to post like a thing on Instagram. Yeah, like about death threats that. to my wife. And that's what he kid. had to say. That's pretty bad. It's like, really bad. stop he, making death, got threats. death threats. And his wife. Really? On social media. And oh, come on.
1: That's my point. It's the, yeah, I, it, yeah, to your point, it is their business. And whatever they agreed on, that's their problem, not ours. I get that.
0: Uh, it's not even a problem. They're all... You're telling you're talking about super millionaires fighting it out. Yeah. And although they're justified to fight it out, it's like, all right, I got other things to worry about than two super millionaires yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fighting about how many airplanes they're going to have. Uh, at number 19, the biggest events of the last 10 years, Old Town Road Goes Viral. Here you go. March of 2019. This song, I remember waking up one day and it hit the chart and was classified as country, and I was in New York. And Good Morning America calls and goes, hey, will you come on and talk about this song? And I tell you, I didn't know much about the song. But I just had the feeling that I have, regardless of whatever the song is, that the market kind of deems what, and always has, not now, and not 10 years ago, but for 50, 60 years. The people determine what goes where and how successful things are. And so they're like, so this country? Is a night country? I'm always going to go into the camp of... You know what? If the person says it's country, I'm not going to say it's not. What does even country mean? You tell a good story, you say it authentically, it's fun. I'm not going to say instrumentation is a weird thing because when you watch the country music documentary, when they started using a steel pedal with an amp, mm-hmm. people were like, what the F are you doing? That's not country. And now that's country today. Well, that's the most country thing today. Yep. When they started using electric guitars, that's not country. What the F are you doing? You need that today. It's just... You just see it time and time again. So when I see people go that something's not country, I roll my eyes and go, (laughs) you're what's been happening every generation that people have to keep proving wrong. That's right. So do you hear it and go, is it immediately country? You don't. But I'm never going to hop into a battle and go, that's absolutely not country. Let me see what's in the heart of the person. What's it?
1: I don't know. Now where you see uh, Lil Nas X going, now do you see it as like, okay, this wasn't country or song is still country, but him as an artist is not country. Billy
0: Ray Cyrus is on it. Yeah. I don't think you always have to. I think Bon Jovi's been on a country song. He's not country. You know? Yeah. Who says you can't go? I mean, that's a big, it's a big country yeah. song. But I mean, Darius country. wasn't country. Got Ooh, in good country. one. So I'm just saying, I don't think it's an all or nothing type thing where it's like, you're only country and nothing else. Yeah. No, of course not. What does it even mean nowadays? I think the person listening can feel like they're country. I feel like I am for the most part. Some of me's not. Some of me's alternative. Some of me... Did you think that song was going to be as big as it, was, as it no, is? No, I don't think anybody ever thinks That's so. crazy. Yeah. No, but no, but I don't think any song that goes like that, anyone ever sees it doing that. It's, it's like a viral video. Something just kind of sweeps the world, and you're like, oh, God, dang. I didn't know yeah. that was a thing. Uh, number 18, the biggest moments of the decade. And this year, TikTok had one billion downloads. It's my favorite app, by the way, <laughs> and has been now for months. You love it. It's just the best as far as... Funny content, music discovery. It's young, but everything starts young. Yeah. Facebook was just for college kids at one point. Instagram was just for young kids putting pictures up. Right,
1: I didn't get Instagram really.
0: Every, it first came out. Everything nothing starts with 40-year-olds. There's nothing that a, for, that a bunch of 40-year-olds... <laughs> Maybe <year> olds, LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> But is that even cool still? Hey, no, it's not what I'm cool at all. There's really nothing cool that a bunch of adult men sit around and go, this is cool, and the right. kids go, You're, you know what? Uncle John's right. This is cool. <laughs> Never how it works. Uh, Cardi B, in July of 2018, the first female rapper to score two number one hits. Bodak Yellow and I Like It. So here's, here's Bodak Yellow. And here's I Like It. Come on. I like, I like it, it like that. Oh, baby. I like it like that. Number 16, Future. Unseats his own number one album with another number one album. This is March of 2017. I don't know a lot about Future, I'll be okay. honest with you. I know that he was Russell Wilson's wife's ex husband. Oh. <laughs> CR's ex husband? C-R, I listen to the song The Gym, though, a lot. Like, I know individual songs, but. And I met Meek Mill over the week Went to the Knicks' game, met Meek Mill. Dang. Who's
1: who he? Mm.
0: <laughs> Rapper. Okay. From Philly. Was in uh, jail. It was a whole, like, social justice thing. Oh, wow. Uh, Beef with Drake for a while. A lot. Big rapper. But, yeah. Did
1: y'all have a conversation or just like, hey, what's I
0: just, up? I just touched him. Really. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Despacito at number 15. Come on. Without a word of English. It's huge, dude. The Bieber came on later, but January 2017, Despacito hits that. Uh, number 14, in 2016, the Grammys vote to include streaming-only albums. Which is big for someone like Chance the Rapper, who his first record was nothing but streaming. Yeah. No physical copy, so he couldn't get in.
1: So he didn't win a Grammy for that?
0: Didn't get nominated. So it, it couldn't was... because it, it's, it's almost like um, the Oscars before they allowed things like streaming. Yeah, it had to be in theaters. Mm-hmm. And the Irishman's dealing with that now. They put it in theaters for a minute, huh? Yeah, but it's on Netflix. Did you? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet no. It's three hours. Yeah. Uh, here's me. Boy, The Irishman's three hours. I don't have time for that. Nine episodes of The Office later. <laughs> yeah, you had time for it. <laughs> uh, number 13 on the list. The death of Prince. Happens in 2016. Yeah. The shock. And it was a shock because he wasn't old. Mm-mm. Oh, I mean, he's older and like normal adult. But he yeah. wasn't an old it man. It wasn't time to die. But it like. was a drug, right? It was yeah. Um, fentanyl? Over, yeah. Yeah. Uh, July 15th, of July of 2015, album releases moved to Fridays instead of Tuesdays. James Corden in 2015 does the very first Karaoke with, who do you think it was the first one with?
1: Um, Adele?
0: Mariah Carey. Mariah that Carey. was the first one that kind of launched really his late night career. Like that was a one viral thing and then a show got, not even a show because not a lot of people watch the show live. But people watch it on YouTube more yeah. than they watch it live. I watched some of it live the other night. Or, I mean, I've probably only ever seen it live four times. And it was kind of weird to watch it not on YouTube. Because I usually watch it on YouTube. You know what other show I watched? Was that show on NBC? The uh, She has a late night show, Mike D. She's the YouTube girl that's now doing late night TV. She's a late night show? Yeah, it's like the third show now. She was a YouTube girl. She has her own late night show. It's like where Carson Daly used to go, I think. I'm not sure who that is. Yeah, the show's not very good. It's new, year one, but it just was pretty brutal. Uh, let's see here. Top <clears throat> top 10 things now. Most important music moments of the decade. March 2015, Robin Thicke ripped off Marvin Gaye. Gotta give it up. And the jury said, okay, you owe him tons of money now, like almost $8 million. <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: Mm. Probably, probably all the money he made on that song.
0: This Blurred line song was so big. And they, remember when it came hey, out the first time they had all the naked girls in the video? Oh, yeah. yeah. And they had to cover them up for like the real video. Number nine on the list is Taylor Swift pulling her entire catalog from Spotify. She did that in 2014.
1: Is this before all the mess?
0: Well, yeah, this is 2014. This is, yeah, 2014. The other mess is like four months ago. Why did she, yeah. do, why did she do this? Uh, the pay tier. You, you get a free tier. You mm. uh, 2 and number eight, gives half a billion people unsolicited downloads of Songs of Innocence. <laughs> YouTube. Remember when you had your iPhone and YouTube uh, was just on there with all those stupid <laughs> songs. And everyone was so mad. And it wasn't even good. No. Now I probably like YouTube. Yeah, I like yes. YouTube. And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to hate. It's free. What am I going to do? Because iTunes days, early days, I would download that free song even if it sucked. They'd be like, here's your free download of the week. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the free yeah. download. That's on it every week. But when they put all those songs on, let me li-. And then it sucked and I got angrier. I was like, This sucks. <laughs> Uh Sean Mendez gets half a billion views on Vine with six second covers of Justin Bieber and Ed Sheeran songs. Wow. That's how he blew up. Sean Mendez in 2014. Half a billion views on Vine. With thank, B- Bieber and Sheeran songs.
1: Thank goodness, because we're lucky to have Sean Mendes. Oh, he's, yes. Oh, he's so good, dude. He's so good, is he dude. <laughs> so good dude. Yes.
0: Frozen crushes it at number six and wins the Oscar for this song here. Let it go. And now we are into the top five songs of the decade, as according to Rolling Stone. Psy Gangnam Style, 2012. <laughs> there M5. it is. Yeah, it's a big whoop, one. Whoop, Gangnam whoop. Style, uh, 2012. Tupac performs at Coachella as a hologram. Oh yeah. It's number four. Did they
1: go on and do this with anyone else? I know yeah, they were talking they, they about.
0: They have. It just hasn't been such a mat. I've seen. Right, Mike. They yeah, few- has not really caught on though. Yeah. They're supposed to do, like, tours with people. But yeah. Weird. Spot- <laughs> Spotify hits in July 2011. Um, and number two, Rebecca Black, Friday. Ooh. It's Jam. God, I It's can- <laughs> funny. This is number two, and I haven't thought about this. Did you ever meet her? No. Mm-hmm. 13-year-old Rebecca Black releases Friday. They made fun of her so hard. <laughs> That's all this was, was making fun of her. Yeah. But the song was pretty good, though. No, it wasn't. It's only catchy because you know it. It definitely was. Turn it up. Fun,
1: fun, fun, forward to
0: the weekend. <laughs> Do you take back your? The song was pretty good. No,
1: I don't. Then the music video was kind of fun too. They're all in the fun convertible. It was so like cheesy and cheap. That's why I everyone's making fun of it.
0: She's. This is 2011. And now it's tw- she's eight years older. She's like 21. She's pretty, pretty cute now.
1: Is she still making music? Oh, she, no. Yeah,
0: she has a YouTube channel. Isn't she pretty cute? Yeah. Is she not? Am I thinking of the no? Yeah. else? Rebecca Romaine Stamos? Rebecca. Man, I thought about that in forever. I know. Uh, and number one on the list of the biggest 50 music moments of the decade, the Beatles finally put their music on iTunes. Oh, yeah. November of 2010. Let it be. I remember, them, I remember going up, even on streaming services, and I guess at the time it was Spotify, and I was just like, dang, pretty cool, I can listen to all the Beatles stuff now. Yep.
1: It's kind of hard to, it was hard to listen to the Beatles when it, it wasn't on there. You'd have to buy their albums, and that was kind of like, oh, we're not going to do all that.
0: Yeah, or listen to Hitmakers. Yeah. Ooh, let it
1: be. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. A that bunch of people would cover Beatles.
0: There you go. Let it be. What's your biggest music moment?
1: I mean I had to, I was I was on the whole road with Taylor I think that was a big deal um recently um was
0: on what, what the, the last stuff yeah
1: the last stuff how do you feel it what do you think and that's just a, it was just kind of a, a, a good eye-opening thing with the, in the music business I think I don't think a lot of people realize how all that works or how important it is you know with like keeping masters and ownership of songs and stuff like that I don't think people but nobody know. gets
0: that in their first mini deals
1: no I think people are smarter now and if they do get it they're lucky
0: to get it you have but to they, come out with a bunch of leverage. Yeah, you yeah. have to. You have to be worth, because again, they a record company has to spend a lot of money on you. Right. They spent a lot of money on her to let her to, to put her in spot to be successful.
1: Because I get, I get too like the the how the hard part it is for an artist to get get rid of their stuff that they own like they created that But they don't
0: own it really they've created it under the money of someone else.
1: Right. Oh, I get it. It's just got to be internally hard for them.
0: But it'd be like me demanding I get to keep every show that I've ever done on iHeartRadio that I've created Somewhere all the Somewhere deep for. inside,
1: you'd probably want no, to want No, I understand
0: to. The, the, the money of it. Yeah, iHeart's given me a studio. They've allowed me to platform. They've promoted it. Like, I understand why I don't get it. Yeah. Would I like it? Sure. Everybody wants all the candy they can get. But I don't know. I signed the deal that they have created an environment for me where I can thrive to create. Now, if in my next deal, I want to own the tapes, I have to negotiate that. And if they don't think I'm worth that, then I don't do that. Yeah. But same thing. I've created all this content, but iHeartRadio has built the atmosphere for me to thrive in, and given me the opportunities to meet people, to make, to hire people. To, so I definitely don't fall on Taylor's side, but I also, it's also eye-opening to go, yeah, maybe we, there should be some concessions here for for people that are writing, and for they the should creator. be able, they should have a shot to to win some of it back. Yeah. And they did give her a shot. They make a record, you get it back. I don't, I don't know if that was the right thing. But I'm definitely on the business side of it, too. understand why. Otherwise, business would go broke, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't be able to fund people. Sure, I get that. To create to create things. Uh, mine's probably um, singing with Carrie Underwood.
1: You? You singing with Carrie yeah. Underwood? Yeah. Huge musical, musical event. <laughs> it's in my life. Yeah, yeah it's huge. Yeah, I, that was pretty cool, though, right?
0: It's like she was saying so loud in my ears, and I was like, holy crap.
1: You were like arm's length from her.
0: Yeah we said well we we're nose to nose. nose, almost, to nose. Yeah, That's yeah. pretty special. Yeah. Not special, just like she was holy crap, this girl can sing. Um okay, cool. There you go. That's uh let's uh, let's do that. We'll take a break and come back and talk to Hunter Hayes. How many people do you know that get excited about luggage? I do. I travel all the time. And Away suitcases are known as lifestyle luggage because they help you get more out of your travel time in ways that you'd never think about until you're actually away. Listen, I'm an expert in suitcases. Like, they have the built-in TSA-approved lock, the ejectable battery, which is awesome, or built-in compression pad. That's what helps you pack in even more than the average carry-on. The suitcase is awesome. I don't feel like I'm an expert in many things, but this I do. My favorite part is the charger. I don't have to hug a wall at the airport to charge my phone. I just charge it right there on my suitcase. Away luggage is lightweight, comes in a bunch of colors and materials, and its minimal design is sized just right by TSA standards. Its wheels are multi-directional. Again not an expert on much, but I am suitcases. It's a great gift idea for the person that travels or for your own travel. Right now, Away is offering $20 off a suitcase of your choice. Just visit awaytravel.com slash bobbycast and use that promo code Bobby. awaytravel.com slash bobbycast. You'll love it. I promise you. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. you talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T E C O V A S.com. T E C O
2: V A S. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Hey Hunter Hayes is on now. Hey Hunter. Hey. How you doing bud? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I was reading your uh, Twitter a bit ago and I I think you tweeted out that you were being noticed by some people in a pub and you were like "All right, just play cool just play cool and then you realized when you got up that you were actually sitting underneath the game and everyone was watching the screen.
2: Yeah it was a very humbling moment. It was brilliant. (laughs) It was a good lesson. (laughs) Where were you when this happened? I'm uh, I'm on a riding trip in uh, in London right now, and I was just kind of exploring, had the day off, and was just kind of adjusting to the time change. You know, wandering around, and I love walking around here. Just I love the architecture and everything. But yeah, I just stumbled into the same this bar that I've been to a couple times, pub that I've been to a couple times, and uh, I was just sitting there. I was like, wow. Like there's a couple of people being kind of creepy, and they're just like keep looking at me unapologetically. Like they won't look away when I look at them. And i was just like am i in some kind of movie or something and then i realized you know that i was sitting underneath the the football game so good times
0: that's fun hey what's what's been happening with you lately man i'm seen you in a couple months
2: yeah well we um i put out part one of uh my three parts series. we put out wild blue part one in august and i've been working on part two so it's it's it's, it's been a life-changing experience this whole album's very different uh, from anything I've ever done, and especially the three parts, the way we're kind of putting it out and the way that I'm going to be creative with it has been, um, I'll say this, it's been really, it's been life-changing in and, and, and multiple ways. But musically, it's been just, God, it's been good for the soul.
0: I'm going to play some of Wild Blue in just a minute here, but tell me about Wild Blue,
2: because we featured that on our countdown.
0: So, like, just give, give me a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, well, Wild Blue was kind of like, it was, it's the first of its kind for me in that it, for a while, like my debut record I, I made, you know, when I moved to town, I got to write with a bunch of brilliant writers and learned a lot about songwriting, learned a lot about how to, I guess, started learning how to be an artist. And by that, I mean, like, how to find a way to tell my story and, and, and but open the door, not just present my story. Here's my story. Here's my life. I'd rather write music that hopefully everybody can really grasp and make their own. I mean, once the, the album's out, it's theirs. It's not mine anymore. And with, you know, I had for several albums slash projects that we did, it was a lot of turning in music and hundreds of songs, um, just kind of not really getting the love and me trying to just reshape what I was doing to make it fit and make it work. And Wobble was me just kind of it was right after a breakup. It was right after some massive business changes. I mean, I had I had gone through every almost every form of change that I could have possibly gone through at that time in my life, and and I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to make a record that's good for me. And If nobody hears it, that's fine. Like if I if I never put it out, that's that's fine. I just want to make this for me, and um, and if nobody understands it, you know, if my team doesn't rally around this, like I like I feel like it. It's you know, I didn't know what it was going to be. It was the beginning of the year. It was the top of 2018. Um, and I just, I, I, picked the title, I picked the theme, the theme being Wablu, like, was about kind of the, the flying dreams. You know, I've heard so many of my friends and so many people that I talk to, like, talk about these flying dreams and how that happens when they feel free. And, and, and I wanted this album to be that for me. I wanted this album to dive into things that I hadn't d- dove into topically, musically, sort of touch on some things that I haven't really allowed myself to because I was self-editing and, um, I've just removed a lot of the filters, and it's only the beginning, right? because like once you start removing filters, like it takes me a minute to get comfortable in my own skin if I'm being honest and and diving into some of these things. So it was the beginning of of a of a brilliant god just an incredible adventure of of self-discovery and um and i'm'm I'm, yeah, it's just it 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 shaped itself very quickly. The songs that I thought no one would connect with a lot of people connected with i mean, they totally caught me off guard uh songs like wild blue madness and dear god and uh one good reason night and day became sort of fan favorites and that's that's the opposite direction <laughs> of the album that i thought would be the fan favorites which is really encouraging because those are tunes that like you know and you just you you, you don't write dear god for to be accepted <laughs> you don't write you know wild blue um for 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 any reason but you just need to put that out into the world and those are the songs that people really started connecting with immediately so it's very encouraging and and uh very eye-opening too you know that that my fan base is going through you know a lot of the same same things i even hate the word fan base let's just remove that the people that listen to my music that come to our shows um yeah we're all we're, we're going through similar experiences regardless of our you know our job and all that stuff. You know our 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 lives and all of our details. We there are a lot of common threads, and I think that's, I think that's what encourages me because I feel like um, it makes me feel like I'm not alone, and hopefully that it does the same. The album does the same thing.
0: Yeah, everybody check this. Out. And he's working on part two right now, which is pretty great. Um, I do want to talk because I I brought you on a lot too because of you're in the Bluebird documentary.
2: Mm, yeah,
0: I made it. You made it, and you know, the first time that I heard you play "Dear God." that I heard, we were actually playing it together. I was playing dopey comedy songs, and you were sitting to my left, and you just came in with, with keys. And and, our, and and this is like my my honest feeling, was we were sitting there, and you're like, I'm just gonna play new stuff. And I was like, all right. But then you started playing all this new stuff, and I was like, oh my God, it's all so good. And I remember talking to you afterward going, man, this stuff is next level. And one of those songs that you played at the Bluebird that I can still remember vividly was, was Dear God. And just hearing you play that right next to me, and, um, and just... I don't know, feeling something that I I felt like I hadn't felt from from you in a while. Like, tell me tell me about playing something so personal, like "Dear God" in the Bluebird, where it's just such a such an intimate venue.
2: Well, dude, I mean, the Bluebird's, like one of my favorite topics, right? Because I feel like as a, as a songwriter, you know, I'm I'm I, I it, when someone asks me like if you had to pick, right, being a being an artist or you know being a performer or or writing songs. Um, that's an impossible question to answer because I feel like both feed my soul in such a big way, and I'm I'm, I'm I, I find purpose in both. But but as a songwriter, I feel like you know, as a performer, there's a lot of moments that sort of validate you know your efforts and and the time spent and the dreams you put in and the, and the work you put into something. As a songwriter, um, you know sometimes that's that's sort of I wouldn't say overlooked, right? Because you had you still have those moments of people singing your song back to you on stage, but but also like to just be a human and to say no, I'm 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 this is my only way of explaining my my, my humanness is through song. I feel like um, the Bluebird has always been the place. First of all, the first time I got to play the, the first couple times I got to play the Bluebird, I was um, another songwriter pulled me up. And invited me up to play one of their songs, and and the good luck of that was, you know, both of the songs that I ended up playing were ended up being singles and and big songs. But when I got to play the Bluebird, um, I noticed when I got there that there were a lot of longtime fans, and also I remember my experiences from the Bluebird going as a fan. Um, I saw a lot of I saw a lot of new new material that I ended up hearing later on in life, and and I will never forget the first time I heard them at the bluebird. And for me as as somebody who loves writing knowing that I had a lot of fans in the audience who've been to a lot of shows, um, it was it was kind of like I looked up and I was like, Well, you guys want to hear the same stuff you've heard? Or do you want to hear something new? And and they all said something new. And so it kind of became a new tradition. It was like, okay, well anytime I play the bluebird, like I have to prove every song has to prove itself in that room. Because there's no there's no way around it. There's no trickery. There's no production you know, BS, there's no there's nothing to hide behind. Uh the song has to prove itself and the performance has to be real. You can't like you know, overdo it. You can't you can't, you know, try to show off on anything or try any like I said, any trickery. So that became my policy for new music, is it has to pass the Bluebird test, right? Um and and I still play like some of the some of the older tunes as, as well because I feel like it's expected of me. But it's it's one of my favorite things in in the year is when I get to play the Bluebird, and also just as a songwriter, it's just like um, I feel like you just being in that room is like getting handed a trophy, you know? As a songwriter, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think it's just because I've I've seen so many like legendary writers there, and I've experienced so many like life changing rounds or songs that totally just yeah. It either blew my mind or changed my perspective or changed the way that I worked or really inspired me when I first moved down. I mean, I could say a million things about the Bluebird, and, and um I mean, you you bring up the documentary, which I love. I I I don't I don't not cry in, in movies, but I don't cry very often. I don't i, I you know, but God, the 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 documentary of this uh, the Bluebird documentary absolutely made me emotional because it's a special freaking place. I mean, that I feel like it's such a um uh, just a a, a secret, uh, magical place in Nashville. Not a secret, necessarily, but you know what I mean? A very, um, a very important piece of Nashville.
0: It's out, wide release, uh, December 3rd, and you can get it anywhere. iTunes, Amazon, AT&T, DirecTV, anywhere you can buy or rent movies. A Hunter's a big part of it. I'm in it, too, talking about it a bit, and I just remember... You know, the la- I, maybe two times ago is when you and I were there together and you played Dear God. And I was like, holy moly, like that. Dude, wa- I really
2: appreciate that. Man. That
0: song was, and again, we both, you know, you, me, we, we hear a lot of songs from a lot of different places, writing them, hear them. But I was just, that one touched me, man. That one touched me. And so they were like, hey, we're doing the documentary. I was like, I want to get Hunter on because I just want to remind him again and how powerful his stuff is in that area, in that place like the Bluebird.
2: Mm, man, I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you. That's high praise.
0: Hey, tell me qu- real quick. Tell me about the first time you played the Bluebird. You said you got brought up?:
2: Yeah, it was one of the first times um Andrew Dorf was playing the Bluebird, and uh, and he let me come up and play uh somebody's heartbreak, and that was at a time where, like, I remember I pitched it as a single. This was like before we even started recording the first album. I just felt like the song was special, and I, I don't claim to know singles or call singles. I just, I sometimes you know, you sometimes you just have an instinct, gut feeling, and you got to follow it. Um, and at the time, no one on my team thought it was going to be a single, and I was like, "No, I really feel good about this tune, man." So, um, it, 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 I think that's one of the things that made it so special is because, again, like it was in the blooper that, you know, it, the song. Just yeah, it just felt honest. It felt real. There was no big you know band behind it. But obviously, the most important part about that, looking back now, was my first time playing the Bluebird. I got to sit in with you know with Andrew Dorff, one of one of my all-time favorite songwriters, and somebody we don't have nearly enough music from.
0: You were in People Magazine's Sexiest Man issue. Your sexiest man alive. Come on. I did not see that coming. Come on. You didn't I know there was really no tip-off? Like, Hunter Hayes about to be Sexiest Man Alive?
2: Well, I mean, there was a photo shoot. Yeah, and, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, um, had, you
0: just think people showed up to take pictures for no reason? Like,
2: what's the deal? Well, yeah, but the invite, the whole thing, it's just, it's nuts. I'm, I'm happy, though, that, like... I'm happy. I don't know. It's it's not something I'm used to. Put it that way. I don't think it's something that I'll, I'll get used to. But um, but it's a it's a fun fact to talk about. You yeah. know. I don't know that I'll talk about it around the table at, at Christmas. But you know, it's it's a fun fact. It's incredible. Honestly, it's it's what I love is the um, the part of it. You know, I that it's not it's not just you know it's talking more about animal adoption, which I'm a big fan of and I'm a a real big champion of and. And I love, I love Dan's piece, too. His quote after it came out was yeah. really beautiful. It was so moving. Um, so, yeah, I love what the focus was for, for, for our piece, and it wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't trying to be cool. I got to talk about something that I truly am passionate about and something that I kind of know a little bit about. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, listen, I'm proud of you. Let me, let me say a couple things here. First of all, with Hunter, you can check out uh, Wild Blue Part 1. It's out now. It's working on Wild Blue Part 2. And then also the Bluebird documentary is out. And, uh, yeah, by the time you hear this, it'll be out. So check it out wherever. Hunter's a big part of it. There are a lot of live performances. Taylor, Garth, Marin, Vince Gill, Jason Isbell, Tenille Towns. Um, again, Hunter's in it. If you, Listen, my dopey face is in it talking about it a little bit too. So you can uh, check it out. And, Hunter, I'm, I'm thankful that you, you hopped on with us a little bit from London. And uh, I'll see you back around town soon, probably after Christmas, all right?
2: Looking forward to it, man. Cheers. Right. There he is.
0: There Hunter Hayes. All right, here is, I said we play some of it. Here's Wild Blue from Hunter Hayes. Welcome
2: to the wild blue
0: Where gravity can't find
2: you No storm that you can't
0: Here's, uh, here's a little bit more of Dear God.
2: Because why does my life
0: All right, there you go. Well, well, well. Um, I think that's gonna, gonna wrap it up for, for this episode. I uh, had a good time with Eddie. Check out Eddie on the Let's bring Eddie back up. Eddie on the Sore Losers yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, check out Eddie and those guys talking about sports over there. Um, you can also check out Eddie, mostly, most important, on the Bobby Bone Show. Yeah, which hopefully you're listening to that anyway. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, Mike D, thank you. Anything I miss, Mike? I think that's it. All right, thanks to Hunter Hayes. Check out the documentary. I haven't seen it yet. From all that talk, it sounded like it's really good. I remember doing an interview for it like nine months ago. Oh, really? I went and did like <laughs> two hours of talk. Because I think i played the Bluebird six or seven times. And they were like, hey, come talk about it. Because I was talking about it from two different perspectives. One, from artists that get to go through that come on my show. And then two, being able to play it a bunch yeah. of times. Um, but I think the last time I played it was with Party... Cause I'll just go. Here's the night. Like, dude, bring your friends. It's me and party, and Dustin Lynch, and maybe like Brandon Ray. I think that's a good lineup. It's a good? Yeah, it was fun. I what's, just, what's it like playing it from from your side of it? Like, how many people are in there? Well, not many, and everybody's sitting right on top of you. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a it's one of the most intimidating venues because you're playing and there are people sitting behind you. It's like you're just sitting in the middle of a dinner. Everybody having dinner. Yeah and it's not fancy it's just something you do and it's in a strip mall
1: and and you and you're playing and no one else just you by yourself what and-
0: happens is it's like a round though where you're playing and then other people are proficient at their instruments yeah. or singing and they jump in but for me, I'm not proficient enough for even for them to jump in. So they, <laughs> start, they, they start coming in and they're like doing backgrounds and, you know, hopping in, playing keys. Like Hunter would start to play keys during And I'd stop and be like, You can't do that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds like good I enough. know that like, you think I should be able to stay with what did, can't do that. Because Hunter was just on a keyboard. And he was just, yeah. and I'd start playing. It's like I would do like Chick fil A. I'd play, like, da, da, da. and he would go, oh, I'll play the keys to this. Da, 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 da. I'd be like, I'd stop and be like, Hunter, you can't do that, man. You're exactly right. And that's going to mess me up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not hat. used to this, though. <laughs> but it's really cool to see somebody big sitting there with 40 people. That's cool. cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, all right, that's it. Thank you very much. Episode 214. Tag us on Insta Story if you post this. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Takovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tecovas store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today.